You've reached Moody's Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast with Kevin and Chez. Each week we watch the next episode, available Friday, for you to download. For each break in the case, we have laughs for your face. For every twist and thrill, we have jokes that kill. Some fly by night, some fly by day. So let us now join Addison and Hayes. All major credit cards accepted. Hello and welcome to Moonies Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast with Kevin and Chez. Hey, Chez. Hey, Kev. How are you? I'm pretty good. I am too. I'm a little annoyed. By what, Chez? <laughs> <laughs> See, in professional terms, that's what's known as a segue. Smooth <laughs> as silk. Um, today is the annual uh, uh, annual Oscar snub. <sighs> now, there are things I was happy about. Sure. I Now, here's the weird thing. I have, for, for reasons I cannot explain have not seen Barbie yet and not from a lack of interest. It just says that for a while I told you I had my half dead TV mm-hmm. below the waist. I could see everybody. That's a horrible way of thinking, but I'm not everyone's clothes. So it's a good stuff. See, but uh, yeah, half the, the top half of the TV was dead and it's Barbie. Uh, they don't have stuff. They don't have yeah. very well done, yeah. but I could only see half the pink. That still didn't come out right. And then it just gets lost in the shuffle. So I've yet to see Barbie or Oppenheimer, but nonetheless was pulling for Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Now, someone could, I'm sure, say, well, you know, a woman was nominated for director. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But the people who say that are saying, why are you making gender? Oh, that is true. We got the one. That's true. We got one. We got one. We're good people. All right. All right. All right. Academy caught its limit. It's all good. Then we'll feel I just don't even understand why (laughs) the person who created a cultural phenomenon. Right. A successful, well-reviewed movie right. <laughs> only gets adapted screenplay, which is also which offensive. Is yeah. Because what did she adapt? She took the word Mattel off Barbie's thigh and ran <laughs> with it. Like, there's no material. Maestro no. is original. Maestro's original. <laughs> he had a whole it. life to work with. And that's an original <laughs> screenplay. Barbie is a toy. And she made this beautiful film. And she gets barely anything. No she wasn't even a producer. She doesn't even get a Best Picture nomination. It got Best Picture nomination, but she's not a producer on it. She is a producer. No, she she's wasn't not a one producer. of the four that Margot gets Ro- Ro- Margot Robbie's a producer. She's not a producer. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's not even right. going to get a statue. It's not going to win Best Picture, but even if it did, she wouldn't get a statue for it. I. I but you're absolutely right about Maestro because the... The whole point of Barbie, as Mattel does, is you project your life onto Barbie. Barbie is sort of this clean slate. And so Mattel is saying, Barbie's bringing nothing to the table. Yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> a sweet house and a nice car. Yeah. So out of the three films that maybe people haven't seen that actually got Best uh, Picture nomination and various other things, I have not seen Past Lives, but everything I've read about it, I'm happy it got the acknowledgement it did. Anatomy of the Fall, one con at film festival. I've been wanting to see it since then. I uh, have not had the means to see that, but uh, it just hasn't been available. Zone of Interest sounds fascinating and a film I'm never going to see. Let us see the normal life of a Nazi. Okay, no, it's not happening. It's not going to happen. Anatomy of the Fall, I'm interested in. Past lives I'm actually very interested in. But Barbie and Oppenheimer are going to happen first. Yeah. I would watch Barbie first. Yeah. It is a joyous film. 
America it is. For, uh, America Farrar got nominated. It is true. It is true. That is I'm good that she got just, nominated. Because yeah, if, I'm not trying if to Ryan Gosling out. was the only person to get nominated for Barbie, it would have just been like <laughs> you just a that? spit in the face of that screenplay that she adapted. That would have been horrifying if like Margot Robbie wasn't even a producer of Barbie wins Best Picture. It's just a whole bunch of guys high fiving yeah, each other. Yeah, just Ken. Yeah. Yeah. He was great in it. I'm happy he's nominated, but if he was the only, thing, <laughs> if that was, was the only absurd. get from that, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, so. Anatomy of a Fall is a French film, but it wasn't France's nomination for best international film because the country chooses what film they want to do. Yeah, they chose another film, didn't even make the short list, but this other film is a best picture nomination. France is like, I guess we almost had that one on lock. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that they thought? So they pushed a different one? I don't know, because Parasite won both, I believe. Didn't Parasite win both? Uh, Geeky, yeah, you were right here, right before we started our podcast. You were right here. Yeah, I mean, we had her, we told Kiki to be ready with all the stuff on the current nominations, but did we really tell her to have all the information from the other stuff? This could be our fault. This could be our fault. We told her to essentially open up a Wikipedia, uh, like uh, any news article page right now, which just has a list of nominations, to do that further bit of research. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she was she was watching the Oscar nominations with me this morning. You know, she was she was clued in. Welcome to Moonies, the Moonlighting Podcast. <laughs> I I enjoyed this week's episode. I, it was a step I up did. for me. I know that they didn't exist in the world of moonlighting. It was mostly a dream, but I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this episode, but both their dreams were in their characters' voices. They yes. were the, the 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 version that they told is true to who those characters are, which is why I was happy they did the job because the two you're going to experience two different dream sequences here, and both are yes, that would be David's, yes, that would be Maddie's, and. I think they did a good job there, and it was a fun episode, and it was another step towards their fourth wall breaking, mm-hmm. especially the very beginning. But of course, none of this is possible. Oh. Segways are a professional; oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people use them regularly. Of course, right, none did, of this is possible did, without. Um, go ahead. Did, did Kiki send me the copy of this? Kiki has yeah. sent crap. Did she? Oh yeah, no, she sent me. She sent me the copy. All right, so I don't I'm get. Just, she's right here, yet she sends you everything. She sent me the Zinis ad. Well, I'm supposed to read the Zinis ad this week. That is true, but I still think there's a passive-aggressive aspect going on here. <laughs> Despite her saffron unicorn crushed hair food that she gets paid, you you get paid very well for an internship. Uh, did she did she send to the wrong email address? No, I have it. No, I got it. Okay. I got it. I just got <laughs> I got it. I just got to open it. It's good. Wait, did Z- so uh, we're not saying that Kiki wrote the ads. We're saying Kiki gets the ad, the the copy from. Yeah, she you. handles the email for the show. Moonies never say die hard at gmail.com If you want to email us, ask us anything. Yeah, no, I I uh, I'm glad that she does the work when it's not show time. <laughs> All right, so Moonies never say die hard is brought to you by Zini's Italian Restaurant, the only restaurant in America. It is with great regret that Zinis must announce that Ann Arbor law enforcement has halted the search for beloved Zinis mascot, Megplant the Eggplant. What? Zinis asks for a moment of silence. Copy readers should hold. Oh, I should. I, I can Thank, see why, I can see why you, you got caught up. This is emotional. 
There is only one way to move on from such a tragedy, and that's to welcome our new mascot, Pegplant the Eggplant, Meg's much hotter younger sister. Jesus. So come meet Jeez, Peg. What are you doing? <laughs> so come meet Peg this Friday, where appetizers are buy one, get one, one-fifth off. Zini's Italian restaurant. When one door closes, you gotta push really hard to get it back open. Okay. I mean that's I, I mean oh. so they already is what was she arrested for? Oh, she was she was disappeared. Oh, right? so that's right, not arrested. Meg they, plant, they, I, Meg I heard plant. the police. That's right. Yeah, you think I know this? See, this is why the sponsorship falls apart sometimes. No, we gotta but I mean she, she was disappeared lost, right? last week. Yeah. yeah. Last week she went to fair and then the police just called it off. One and, week search? I guess that's yeah. I mean, I, I guess so if they did actually a full week. I mean, who knows how much time they put into it? First of all, it's not a full week because you got to wait, what, the 24 hours before you can yeah, consider the, they didn't put it the in. mascot missing? And then you can go on a full search. And then it's the police doing that long line with the yeah, flashlights. Yeah, you got to walk across Ann Arbor hand yeah. in hand. Yeah. And then, you know, and, oh, and we haven't even specified which Ann Arbor, so who knows? Which actually brings a question. Is there a sole Meg plant the eggplant that goes to every one of Zini's restaurants in, in every Ann Arbor across the country? Did they collectively all disappear? <laughs> or could this make could make plant just simply be gone between restaurants and, I, I, you know, on a make plant tour? I think Kiki has to email Zini's. I think so. I think I think we're going to learn more next week. Because that makes sense. I mean, yeah. if there's one Meg plant, the eggplant rest in Peace. peace hopefully oh, not uh, rest in peace perhaps breaded if she's missing if there, she's the only one and was traveling from each zinis across the country because i don't know if the mr met that's at the game is the same mr met that you could rent for your wedding hold up <laughs> <laughs> one before we get to that point you know, there's probably, there's, I think, I assume there's a true Mr. Met, and then there are Mr. Met elves. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, has this ever been posted? You can get Mr. Met at your wedding? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like $500 for an hour or something at your wedding to come. I'm not even sure that out. sounds a lot, because you're going to go yeah, all in on it. It's actually... Yeah. Like it's a rounding error, yeah. $500. What? I imagine Mr. Met is, does not speak. It's Mr. Met is mute. Yeah. So is there just a lot of gesticulating and woo? Well, I mean, they come to the reception, uh, and they can't eat. (laughs) And then they they dance and stuff, I guess, for an hour, take pictures. Yeah, real, like super Mets fans do this for their wedding. Yeah. Are you a little disappointed you're finding out about this now? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know about that when I got married, or maybe didn't. No, wait, I did get married. Now we're doing it. Oh, we no, no, families. no. We, 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 we have have decided. we've decided we're going to be yeah. more open with our lives now, yeah. people. All right, Kevin so, is married. and yeah. um, It's going to be 20 years this year. Wow. It's nuts. Muscle tough. Well yeah. done, you. Yeah. Yeah, so 20 years ago would have been I've nice. I've had the cats for Mr. eight Met. years, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two of them, so it's 16. 16. Yeah. Getting closer. Yeah. I like how it's getting closer. <laughs> Somehow I'm just going to keep adding a few more years. It's it's math, people. Don't don't get don't think about it too hard. Math, I'm gonna math stop, is not a. No. I'm going to stop our math so that you exactly. can catch up. You know what isn't a pure science? Math. I imagine, given the mute aspect of a sports mascot, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone wants a chatty sports mascot. That that just seems to be. You can't have Mr. Met officiate your wedding unless there's just a lot of. Mm? <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're doing hand gestures, by the way, yeah. people. I, you may. Who knows what clip we'll put on on Instagram or TikTok? You may be getting this one. So definitely just, this one. Just see two half Italians looking half Italian-ish with their hand gestures. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, you just say I do, I do. Yeah, it's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. We didn't get married in a church, so our the mayor of my hometown married us, and our the wedding ceremony was just that bare bones piece of paper that officially marries you. So he read it. the The ceremony was done in like eight minutes. It was amazing. I love your ceremony. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> we were we were downstairs cocktail hour immediately. Oh, your guests must have been so happy. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, get to the work and overtime part. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did tell you that a relative uh, had the full, this is not a knock on the religion, I'm just giving you the, the length of time, the full Catholic ceremony. Yeah, it's long. With communion. Yeah. I think I'm still there. <laughs> and it was 20-something years ago. I actually forgot why I was there halfway through. I just realized I was sitting somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like you wake up and it's like... When does the bus come? Exactly. <laughs> Why we're all dressed up? What's going on? Just, same get up, just get up and wander <laughs> off. Is that the same bride? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think I recognize these people. Anyway, knees locking, got a stretch. Be back, people. Doing great. You do it. Both wonderful. Both wonderful. Come, come get me if anything happens. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I would have stayed for your whole wedding. If had we known each other back then. Yeah. I would have stayed for first of all, I would have been there thinking, wow, Mr. Met. But <laughs> granted, you didn't have that, but we're doing an alternate. You know, if your wedding had been eight minutes with a Mr. Met mascot, um, you would be showing that footage to everyone who comes by. Yeah. Listen, it's a home movie. It's five minutes. You're gonna like what you see. If Mr. Met would have been the third man at our wedding. I was trying to get to Orson Welles. <laughs> I was trying to get to Orson Welles. But no, my 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 favorite part of that is the whispered aside. That, that sort of Jim Gaffigan. What am I? What is he doing? Yeah, was it good? What is that? <laughs> this is gold. It's all staying. It's all staying. Um, oh yeah, so mood lighting. Uh, it was fun. It was inventive. They had a case. They, they did have a case. Not one. Well, they they had a case and. They had it both ways. Yeah. Something that doesn't involve them being hired and something where they were hired. What was the name Which of the Which now episode? we need, they, the character, uh, the dream sequence always rings twice. Okay. So the point is, to wrap it up, is Mr. Met will officiate oh, yeah, your wedding. Yeah. But, but <laughs> no, 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 let's get back to what <laughs> no, this is all about. No, we should get back to it. We didn't go back Mr. to the Met- ZD's ad, which was real sad. We just left that. <laughs> we just, well, I'm I don't know if I'm ready here. to just, talk about no. it. <laughs> well, you know, we, we have, I mean, there are a lot of predictions. We have a lot of questions. We know Mr. Met can come to your wedding, but we know presently Meg Plant the Eggplant cannot. No, but Peg Plant can. But Peg Plant the what hotter, was their, yo- what was their hotter younger sister. What that is? You know, I know one a mascot died. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. 
You know, we can't say that at some point, maybe in the middle of copy, Makeplay would just appear covered in seaweed <laughs> and you know, just, with like a beard and just tells the story of, of her seven-week harrowing adventure to come back to a particular Zini's restaurant. Again, we have to figure out the logistics here. I, I am torn because this is, this is our sponsor. Yeah. We're supposed to be all in on them. Especially this is America now, all in corporate. But, I mean... I, I'm not happy with the way they're handling this. Yeah. And I'm going to say that at the risk, and I think we're in agreement here. Yeah. I'm going to say that at the risk that Zinis may not be happy with us not being happy with them. Yeah. We all know relationships are sine curves. There are ups and downs. Yeah, that's true. And I think we'll come back, but I do believe Zinis. Did they even put out a poster like on a light post? like a? Oh, like a post? missing poster? Like a missing poster. Or make like plant I tell on the you. side of a milk carton. Yeah. Nothing. I like it. What is this? Put her in a soul video? asylum video. <laughs> <laughs> can you, I can... <laughs> there you go, people. Your official Gen X reference for the day. My, my question is, if you did put make plan eggplant on this, I'm still going for it. Still eggplant on the side of a milk carton. Would someone go, what, what, what is this milk made of? Because <laughs> yeah, there's, oak, be there's almond. I, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's my question is, yeah, is Meg plant, you know, like a Ronald McDonald, a Burger King, a uh, various other mascot shoes, a Mr. Met? Yeah, yeah. Human size. Are we talking like this anthropomorphic somehow living eggplant with like little feet that will suddenly as you're eating run across your table and occasionally go, ah, because so if, you're... if if Meg plant the eggplant is eggplant size. I'm surprised she has not gone missing earlier. That's a good question. I pictured her when I put my <laughs> head know, on late my pillow. Night, pillow we, all, night. we all got it. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm counting Meg plants to go to sleep. I I picture her as like a full-size Ronald McDonald type Mr. I Met. I did too. So then that, that begs the question, did we lose a human being? Did we lose a teenager who dresses up as Meg Plant the Eggplant? Because we're adults. Well, let's, say tw- let's, say let's say 20 something. Let's say 20 something. Yeah, let's okay. say 20 something. But yeah, but yeah. Um, because Z- Zini's, Z- you know, Zini saves all the teenagers for the staff that are on the page. Uh, okay, Zini's yeah. is a wonderful restaurant. Yeah. That's the thing. Are we actually talking about the loss of a mascot or the loss of the human in the. Like, did they lose the costume? Like, is the performer just going upon their normal lives and the costume's just in a dumpster somewhere? Because they yeah. said it enough. I, I told you, my brother was the Lynx. Uh, Link, remember, was it the was it Lynx? What was that search engine? Began with an L. Lycos? The mascot. Lycos. So the yeah. Lycos dog, which is like a black lab. My brother was the mascot for at least a New England area. And he let you know, it is not a well-ventilated <laughs> He would lose like 10 to 12 water pounds uh, performance and sometimes he'd have to run off take off the head and vomit especially if you were doing summer he also on various performances when he would go there if it was a for kids thing he'd occasionally be punched in the testicles by kids because middle school kids so i could understand the perform. i mean i don't know who's punching bank plant i hopefully <laughs> no one you know who's punching a mascot but i can understand the performance thing enough we have a lot of questions so you know, you know who could handle this case <laughs> oh, third segue of the day. Oh, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. Who? Maddie and David. And oh, you know yeah. what else would happen? They'd argue about it. 
But you were about to say something before I did my beautiful segue. No, no, let's go to let's go because <laughs> it was just more zinis. All right, and we're, I feel like we're out the nice with zinis, and I should we should just move on. We, I don't know what that says of us. This is so horrible. <laughs> they should do more, but we need the money. I never thought that it would come to this point when they asked us <laughs> to be a sponsor that we would get to a point in the sponsorship where now it's almost a feud. Because we're not, wait, 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 we're not the argumentative types. We don't like to get into a scrabble. People, especially the people who they have paid us. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't, I don't run the accounts. I, I thought that was what our. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Is this? Are we having like a? Is there going to be like another subplot where we realize Kiki has run off with the money? But I I find that's all just under my couch because it's it's just a series of loose change. (laughs) We're getting paid in loose change, a bottle cap, and a key that I've been missing for six months. That's good. Yeah, I I picked. I thought Kiki was doing an Agnes thing. Yeah, I think. I, li- I like Agnes's appearance in this episode. They they kind of they had to figure out how to put her in here. I think they did a good job there. But you know, it was, she was never going to have enough screen time given the nature of this episode. And oh, yeah. um, but let's talk about this episode. Okay. As we said, season two, episode four. The dream sequence always rings twice. I feel like I just started an audiobook. Chapter one. An episode complete with a black and white flashback and narration by the Orson Welles. We go back to the 1940s in the infamous and fictional Flamingo Cove murder, in which a singer fell in love with a trumpet player only for her, her husband to be killed. The crime remains unsolved to this day, but both the singer and the trumpet player were sent to the electric chair. In other words, if you have two possible suspects, but you can't solve the crime, I guess it's sufficient to go, eh, let's play it safe and execute them both. Anyway, like that's Maddie the and wrong David, way to go with it. I think so. <laughs> I mean, neither uh, uh, we're going to be uh, a little more revealing, but we've mentioned this before. Your partner is a lawyer. Uh, she would probably have more of uh, more information regarding this. If you wish to just shout out right now. Even if she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We have a lot of questions for her. As somebody who's been married to a lawyer for almost 20 years, I'm practically, it's like common law lawyer me. I'm like a common law lawyer. Common, lawyer, common law lawyer me is yeah. the name of our, it's the name <laughs> of our show. We're going to work together. That's it. It's perfect. Common lawyer, common law law. Every time we pitch it, we just fumble it. Common lawyer, lawyer, but hold on. And then we kind of gather, we whisper to each other, we come back into the room. All right, hear us out again. Anyway, Maddie and David each dream they are back in the 1940s as the Starcross lovers. Mm-hmm. Can they prove true love exists? Can they resolve their differences in the present? Can they solve the crime? They can't. They don't have the details. No. Let's discuss, Kevin. Okay. It was eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope that the 20-year-old that was Megplant the eggplant who hopefully just lost the costume, which is weird because then why would they bring the police in to find why would the police announce that they've stopped the search for a costume? I don't. Oh God, what are well, we that's doing? That's it. Is, are the are the police searching for the individual in the costume, or are the police actually saying, "Where's Meg Plant the eggplant"? Is Zini's actually just concerned with the mascot and not the individual? We're not going to find out that all the Meg Plant the eggplants across the country are disappearing. But then again, we don't know if there's just one. This is what a if, far more complicated case. What if Zini's has like? a hold on the police department and they're getting what they want. 
Well, how far up does this go, Chess? <laughs> so this is like any Shane Black movie that, one, takes place during Christmas. Two, there's the prostitute that fell 42 floors and is dead on the sidewalk. And you follow the case and it goes all the way up to the governor's mansion? Yeah. But this time it goes all the way up to Zini's headquarters in, obviously, Ann Arbor. You know what? I think we're just scratching the surface. So join us this week and every week <laughs> for our new true crime podcast. Eggplant, the eggplant. We might be in trouble because as we established, we've already gone into the witness protection program and gotten these names. We're going to have to, if we, we can't just come out and be like, you welcome to Moody's Never Say Die Hard with Chad and Trevor. <laughs> Those are t- <laughs> they're going to know that we just changed our names. <laughs> What's going to be great is somehow you get Chad and I get Trevor, even though clearly he was working the other way, but... <laughs> You know what? I'm going to assume I'm no, you know what? I want a nice Patricia Waspy thing. I want to be called Trey. I want to be the third. Or oh, something. yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, not not in person, but <laughs> over. On, I will say, oh, uh-huh. make, make plant. Yeah, I don't even know what to rest in peace. I don't even know. Well, no, no, no. we can't do that because that, that's making assumptions. OK. Hopes and prayers. Hopes and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zinis did it. <laughs> you are watching the crumbling of one podcast and rising like a phoenix. We've, turned, we've, we've become podcast. a true crime podcast. This is fantastic. This is it. This was the slow evolution. We've been cocooned for six and a quarter episodes. Seven, uh, six, nine, ten, nine and something episodes. Math. Remember I said math? Yeah. Pure science and then something can't count. And now we are spreading our butterfly. I'm not going to say moth. I'm going to say butterfly. Our monarch-like wings, not monarch compared to like the Godzilla series. And we are becoming our true selves. But we probably still are doing this podcast. Yeah, we probably still have to talk about moonlighting. But I need to get to the bottom of the Zini's murder. I don't. I I think we've only scratched the surface. By which I mean we just heard about it. Next week on Moonies Never Say Die Hard, a special (laughs) guest, a, a sous chef who used to work at ZD's, is going to be on. He will have, like, the weird, we'll do the voice modulation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why are they in shadow? It's a podcast. Because we do Instagram and TikTok, (laughs) and we, we, like, idiots, we would actually show them. Because, you know what, apparently we're in witness protection, and we just show our faces right right and left on that. So we're not good. Two two weeks from now, the sous chef disappeared. Eventually, it's just one of us because one of us has been killed. The other has been killed. It's I can't believe my fake witness protects name is this. <laughs> they they did right by you. They gave yeah, you fine. this is short. Yeah. This is easy. You're good. Mine is like, how would you like all the vowels? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I thought for this episode? If we, <laughs> yeah. which somehow doesn't involve Meg Plant or Mister Met. I like. I don't know. Is this podcast slowly becoming? Like a double helix of true crime and baseball stats? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do the first true crime baseball series? Because I won't know half of what to say in that. <laughs> All my knowledge of baseball is coming from you. I didn't know that Mr. Met was the first professional uh, baseball mascot. That's true, yeah. The and... first professional mascot, a nice hydrocephalic head, stitches on it. It's weird if you think about it. It's almost monstrous. <laughs> but the big smile. We could cover I, if you watch if you watched Eight Men Out, we could cover the Black Sox scandal. I did watch Eight Men yeah. Out. Yes. Uh John Sales motion picture, I believe. I we believe can direct it. We can clear Shoeless Joe's name. 
<laughs> Series of steps, people. Remember, it gets more complicated until it's resolved. Or maybe it's like Maltese Falcon, which kind of is echoed in this episode of Moonlighting, uh, <laughs> where the, the Falcon itself is a MacGuffin. Although I think we had a little more in the double indemnity side here, which talking about the episode and talking about the thing, I was wondering at first before this became the Make Planet show. Yeah. And rightfully so. That, you know, if we were going to do like our make this podcast like our own retro kind of thing, it'd just be us talking, you know, with fedoras and ties with the sleeves rolled up and the suspenders, a cigarette in a hand, an ashtray full of already smoked cigarettes. And we talk like this. That's it. Mm-hmm. We say things like the cat's pajamas, the dog's yeah. toothbrush. And instead of Zinis, which clearly we're going to lose as a sponsor now. Oh, we have no chance of keeping We have no chance. It'd be something like Vincenzo's hair pomade. <laughs> sure, he's an ethnic, but he's a good egg. And now for the Darcy's brother's next hit, she made a boom boom in my heart. All right. So <laughs> that is our 1940s podcast done over blip. Now, as a throwback, including the 40s thing, is we have an opening narration by Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Sort of it reminded me a little War of the Worlds kind of thing, except it was present day. This was his, um, it, was a, it was actually a nice little introduction. This was his last television appearance. Yeah. Because the episode opens with a dedication to him. So this would be, he passed away in 1985. His last, well, it's kind of iffy, because he was in a movie called Somebody to Love, which I guess was filmed for, but his last film role is the voice of Unicron in Transformers, the movie. Never seen that Transformers movie. Neither have I. That came out when I was in college, because I'm old. So I didn't see it. I never, nothing against, I've never been a big Transformers fan. The only Transformers film I've ever seen, including the cartoons, is Bumblebee, which I enjoy. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed Bumblebee quite a bit. But he introduces this. It was a fun introduction. It's a monochromatic, monophonic hour of entertainment. And I believe we both noticed he clearly was reading cue cards. Yeah, I mean, it was a long thing. He was was doing it as a favor. Yeah, He was doing it as a favor. So, yeah. But there and were times a, where it was it was worse than like SNL. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't as bad as, say, Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, where he take true. off the hat and look in the hat, or <laughs> he had the earpiece and they had to tell him the line because he showed up without having read the script, without having read the book the script on, and 150 pounds overweight. Orson Welles came in, did his job. He ends it with a nice thing. So gather the kids, the dog, the grandma, and lock them in another room. Yeah, that was funny. And I actually expected Orson was going to narrate throughout. But again, this is a favor. Yeah. And he seemed amused doing it. Yeah. I will say that was a theme for me through the whole episode. It seemed like they were all having a great time. They did. Yeah. And I think that's what made it more enjoyable than the last couple of episodes is even though it wasn't a procedural, which I'm guessing Moonlighting isn't. In my head, it really I, picture it, I picture it a procedural because the first season, it seemed like they solved something, even if it wasn't a paying case. Right. They solved something each episode. It seems like now it's just going to be its own thing. Whatever happens each week happens. Where uh, reality is a little slippery. Yeah. And uh, which I enjoy. We, we tend to enjoy shows yeah. where reality isn't, you know, both feet on the ground. And uh, yeah, this was the another step towards the evolution of when we think of moonlighting. Yeah, like even yeah. even when Maddie storms home 
before she does her dream sequence right. and and she slams the door and then she goes to kick her shoe off and like she watches where the shoe goes like she's amused like she's holding it in yeah the joy it was to just kick her shoe into the air and watch it fly and and be silly angry like it was it seemed like they were all having a good time in this i actually have that same note how much i enjoyed that little sequence i also yeah. enjoyed that you know she went to the very 80s liquor cabinet or liquor mm-hmm. desk with the decanter it was actually nice to see sybil shepherd having fun yes. because sybil shepherd is so often put in the role of the traffic cop kind of character who has to help move it forward to the next scene yeah or be the so david you know hands on the waist and that can't be a fun character to play all the time and this episode does kind of begin with her being that role yeah. She doesn't like that their their cases are a lot of times infidelities, which is how this starts. We've discussed this yeah. off podcasts, yeah. but she doesn't like bad things. She yeah. gets upset, like that's not nice. She thinks everyone is nice. All the old men, you know, that old man assassin's nice. I'm sure that punk <laughs> yeah. that punk rocker assassin was nice. I'm sure I'm I'm sure the person who set fire to everything with a blowtorch was nice. And this is yeah. where David's right. He's like, no, most of our cases are going to be infidelity. That's what a private investigator is. Yeah, I imagine like, it's, like this is the job. Yeah, it's infidelities Maddie, and like, missing persons like Pegplant. Like, if you need cases, these are the cases that most yeah. private investigation places do. And so if you don't like this, again, as we've said every single episode of this podcast, yeah. do something else. Yeah, just just... Now, yeah, there is, on a, on her part, there is, and I think sometimes, actually, a clutching of pearls about cases yeah. and various actions. That said, I don't want to say I'm jamming She has led somewhat of a bubble existence by fame and fortune, and yeah. a little removed about, you know, the life David lives in the alleyway by the Chinese restaurant, as the opening credits repeat, repeatedly show us. So I kind of understand that. I also stand, understand that that's the dynamic. Maddie sees things as black and white. This is good. This is bad. David's entire life, entire life is in the gray. <laughs> he even has the lines like a little bit of dishonesty. He's happy that there's a little bit of yeah. dishonesty left in this sunny world. Maddie wants all sun. David likes the muck because David knows his heart is made of the muck. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes nice muck. He's not a Grinch. No. But it's a good dynamic and it does play off each other. But I do think it has repeatedly flattened the character of Maddie. So to your point, I'm glad she was having fun in this episode. Yeah. And David, if we're keeping the large, big thing going, as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old trapped in the body of a 30-year-old, you would want the muck. You'd be excited to get into all that and for things to be dirty and, and all that. That's what you would want. Yeah. You know, like he wants cases. He wants to do this digging and spying and yeah. sitting in a car and doing a stakeout. That's all fun to a 10 year old and 11 year old. Yeah. I mean, if he's a little boy with toys, he's not going to race the cars. He's going to smash them into each yeah. other. That's what it is. And this is so while there's a disadvantage to the Maddie character that is problematic, the dynamic is understandable. Mm-hmm. But it it does make it a little hard. Like in Cheers, Diane was like the straight lace person. But over time, Diane was had significant issues of her own. Yeah. And because, you know, Diane was the entry point, this is into our world. Like in a way, Maddie was the entry point to the detective world when she lost everything like that. 
But over time, they let Shelley Long have more fun with the character and show more of the character and more of the background character. And I think hopefully that's what will happen here. Yeah. I hope this is a sign that, again, she gets to have a scene where she gets to watch and wonder where her shoe's going to go as a flies yeah. off scrimmage. And that was, she gets to storm around. She gets yeah. to have a put on a convenient jazz record. I mean, you know, I, I be <laughs> hits. It's always, you know. But they are going to, uh, this is present day, and this is important to keep in mind because time shifts. Yeah. To the Flamingo Cove, which the opening is actually, you hear ghost voices as it looks over the Flamingo yeah. Cove. And it's covered in dust. And I thought that was nice because that kind of set the tone. Yeah. This is, this is going to be an episode essentially of ghosts mm-hmm. of the past. They meet their client who is asking him to check on his wife, who's upset that his wife is not cheating on him because he was hoping to use that as leverage in the divorce case, which was a fun little twist. Yeah, this is like one of the first places that we get a metaphor or a phrase of slang for a woman that he said he asked him he has to marry that tomato now or stay married to that tomato. And so I looked up what tomato was. I've heard it before, but like I've never looked up a definition right. for what it actually meant. Turns and out so, it's a fruit, not a vegetable, Chess. It's a confident, <laughs> shapely, attractive woman. In the vernacular, in the intent, obviously not great, was supposed to be a compliment. It's one of those compliments you go, yeah. maybe you don't you can keep your words to yourself. But if he's if he's if it's a compliment, why is he using it as what something he doesn't want to have? I know he doesn't want to share the money, but like you would think you would use a different word. There's many of them. There's there's yeah. there's like multiple words that are derogatory towards women. If oh, you don't it's know. like ninety. If you don't of, know, yeah, it's ninety percent <laughs> of the English language. So there's got to be a different yeah. one he could have used. What it was, he was someone who the moment I saw him was like, I have seen you in 162 things. Mm-hmm. The, the actor, Mr. Bigelow, who was the person who was there, and was also considering buying the Flamingo Cove. The actor's name is Phil Rubenstein. And he is one of those character actors who very recognized with very New York accent. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, he's either playing cops or sleazy lowlifes or like blue collar workers, all who live in the same square block of the Bronx. Somebody whose zinis would pay off. Oh, we're going all in. Oh, God. If we're going to lose him as a sponsor, we we might as well just go we for it. We might as well just go full on righteous <laughs> anger. What's going to be curious if... What, what I'm surprised by zinis... Yeah. ...is the copy that, one, clearly was not looked after by a PR, their own PR firm. Maybe we are their PR firm. <laughs> but they could be so blithely go, they'll read this, they'll be fine. I hope they're really going to push peg, peg plant. Eggplant, yeah. Eggplant. I'm just wondering how many more names they got in them. I mean, if something happens to Peg. I don't think there's much. Plant, I'm um, trying to think, like Meg, Peg. There's no other. Just a contrarian one, Negplant. <laughs> I just. <laughs> it's interesting because this actor does call their agency too high rent for them. Yeah. And I'll like be honest they... with you, for a detective agency, they have the appearance of high rent so, until David opens his mouth. Right, and. Yeah, because you have Maddie who still dresses really nicely and doesn't want to get into the seedy parts of private investigation. I agree with David that you have to do these jobs if you want to run a private investigation firm. And I also think that you could then also have the draw the line at doctoring photos to make it possible. Which they did draw the line at. Yeah, they do. So that's fair. I think that's very fair. And 
Yeah, so he's upset. He can't buy it. He says, screw it. I'm not buying Flamingo Cove. The owner, all these people that we're seeing now are going to appear in the dream sequence. They yeah. all play other characters. They even they even put a lampshade on it when they do a Wizard of Oz reference later. Yeah, so this is very Wizard of Oz, yeah. where like the people that you've met in the first few minutes become part of they play characters in the dream sequence right, because e maddie and david are each going to have a dream sequence involving the murder that we've discussed and all these people will play the same character there are a couple questions i have regarding that but the first one is like when and this falls into the maddie thing again but a bubble mm -hmm. so the owner mr bigelow runs off says screw it the person selling it who i guess is the family property he talks about the murder. That's how we find out about the singer and the trumpet player and the husband who was killed. David knows it immediately. Maddie doesn't have a clue about it. Now, I don't know if this is a Black Dahlia thing that everyone in Hollywood would know the murderer of or something, mm -hmm. thing, but it is another case of Dave being seedy. Man's like, someone died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have a feeling that's her, the way they write it sometimes. That'd be her reaction. Someone jaywalked? <laughs> What goes on with you, who you peons, when I'm not looking? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go slam the door on my ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she would do it verve and fun like she did when she goes back home. So, yeah, so the case is singer, trumpet player, fall in love, big band at the Cove. It used to be the place that all the celebrities went to, pres four presidents dance there. Judy they Garland. This. Yeah. Ju Judy Garland had her first drink there. But this is just a reiteration. These are the two people involved. A husband will die. And as is always the case, David and Maddie will disagree on this. Yeah. Prior to them both slipping into their dream world. I will say this. When it gets to the dream sequence after Maddie's with it, those are fun. Yeah. Both dream sequences are very fun. I have a question about the dream sequence. Okay. So in both, as far as we know, David knows he's heard of the Flamingo Cove murder. Yeah. That doesn't mean he knows the details. Yes. I remember true. the Black Dahlia murder. I can't tell you names. Maddie didn't know anything about it. But at some point on the drive home, they must have read up a little, which obviously they couldn't do on their phone, because in both dreams, the name of the singer and the trumpet player and the husband are the same. Now, I don't know if they've entered some <laughs> sort of dreamlike cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they both know, they know the particulars of the crime. Mm-hmm. And they know the names, which, you know, again, it's a dream. It's the, the way the show is shaping up, to it, which is perfectly fine. The important thing is they don't come out of this going, we solved the case, which I thought was where we were going. And I don't know. Yeah, how, I was. Cause, yeah. Because they wouldn't have had any new information. No. In fact, they wouldn't have had no information. In fact, they shouldn't <laughs> even know the names. You got to understand, officer, I dreamed it. Oh, we're so, missing we're missing so, a humanoid eggplant. Have you had any kind of dreams about that? Because we're really. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't understand why they both had to go to the chair when they didn't know who did it. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I know maybe the 40s was different, but I don't think we fried them. Were we certain about that? No, let's try them. <laughs> because I maybe. And this would be a harder search for Kiki, so I'm not going to put it on her right now. Has there been a thing where two different people have been charged and executed for the same crime? They're executed, then they go, you know, I was feeling good about that. But you know what? I'm who I'm really feeling good about now? <laughs> well, if we keep frying people, one of them's right. I guess I'm saying, you kill enough people, you get the right one. Am I right, people? Uh, this is probably what Zinis is doing at the police department, <laughs> their power that they have. Because at the beginning, Orson Welles says, you're going to see a black and white dream sequence, which may be in one way going, 
we're going to put a again the lampshade on it. And two, maybe there was he knew early on how people would freak out at the end of Sopranos when it's saying when black when it goes black and white though, where you 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 know your yeah. your CRT TV hasn't blown. It's you know little uh, it's going Don't to be fix fine. The tubes. Yeah, it's like the tubes. It's fine. Don't catch us you know cramming that remote. Uh, there, and he says, I have a know, fun. I have a fun Orson Welles connection to the movie or to the show. So the person who gives her a drink at the end of each performance in the dream sequence and the person who pulls the the curtain stuff, his yeah. name is Mr. Potter. Yes, it is. Yes. So apparently Orson Welles plays Mr. Potter in a TV movie where they gender reversed It's a Wonderful Life called it happened one christmas starring marlo thomas marlo thomas i remember yeah. this one i yeah. remember this one so yeah. he plays mr potter in that and i feel like that was a a throwback to that because there's dream sequences and it's a wonderful life so oh, wow yeah so this is why that character's name wasn't like kane or magnificent yeah, yeah. anderson or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that yeah that's really cool yeah. i yeah and it is interested at the 12 minute mark mm -hmm. this would turn black and white God bless him, he was right. It was 11.50 Was it really? <laughs> it was like 11.52. I watched. We're, we're professionals. They, they expected Al Jarreau to go long. <laughs> and he, he didn't. So. Yeah, they yeah. expected he was going to add another verse yeah. about, you know, maybe about midday. Because they're doing my, you know. But of course, Orson Welles is going to predict this. Because he was, do you, did you ever see the Nostradamus documentary he narrated? No. called The Man Who Saw Tomorrow. It used to be on cable in the 80s. Watch it all the time, my friend Val. We're basically, with Nostradamus, is like, well, that quatrain clearly means that. Yeah. Orson Welles, funny, afterwards, clearly went on record and says, I don't believe Nostradamus. But I've got a nice voice. Yeah. I sound like the brain. I'm picking the brain. Other way around. I... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. So in the movie Ed Wood, when you see Vincent D'Onofrio playing uh, Orson Welles at the end when he talks to Ed Wood, the voice is actually Maurice LaMarche, who does the Orson Welles voice. Oh, really? In the brain. Yeah. yeah. But he used to do he used to pick up any job whatsoever so he could finance his movies because they were all self-financed after a certain time. And sometimes there'd be years between scenes. There's a movie in his Macbeth where someone throws a punch and it's filmed in one country and it lands in another country. <laughs> and he does a great job of it. I mean, there's yeah. a, and his other films like Chimes at Midnight, where he plays Falstaff. These are fantastic films, but they were done wherever he could grab the cash. And do you know the famous uh, Frozen Vegetables radio spot he did? I think I've seen it on YouTube where, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, where he argues with the people. Yeah. And there's essentially the line goes, if you tell me, if you can come in here and read this copy correctly, I'll get on my knees and blow you. Orson Welles. <laughs> So, yeah, Orson Welles didn't believe in Nostradamus, but you know who I do believe he believed in? Who? Fully. Unicron from Transformers, <laughs> the movie. I think, as the villain, he, he felt it all. Who is I can't Unicron? I don't like, know. I know the and Transformers, fact, it, 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 and I have no idea who Unicron is. I have is. no Unicron, and, you know, my typo in my notes keeps telling me Unicorn, and I know it's not Unicorn. He was, the, maybe it's not the last Unicorn in that story. Maybe it's the last Unicron was the name of that <laughs> book. But, yeah, we do have the dreams, and it's nice because both dreams are in character. Yeah. Each one tells the story of the romance and the murder. Maddie's dream is romantic. David's dream is double indemnity. Mm -hmm. Hers has a little more dreamy quality and sadness quality. His has a very much more flipping quality. And I, I really like how they did this. Yeah. 
she sang all her songs. Yes, she did. And the song she kept singing in her version, which of course was Blue Moon. Of course. And God, why did pe- people just showed up every night to hear her sing that to one hear that song? One song. Oh, kept God. going and like, going and going to like hear a Blue Lisa Moon. Loeb concert. <laughs> just like <laughs> come on Aww. sing something else i i like lisa Loeb. So i like lisa Loeb too i do that's why i said Aww. and i've heard other songs of hers and i like her songs yeah. but it's in case we know you have lives and you go on maddie when she was a model was the model for blue moon shampoo yes hence blue moon blue moon is an old song it was around that time it was a rogers and hart song okay there is one thing i'm going to bring up here Okay. I knock on this. Maybe more knock on the 80s. Okay. That is one white jazz club. <laughs> now, yeah. usually at the jazz club, I understand the patrons would be white. but And even in the 40s, when they'd show the jazz club, you'd at least get to see Count Basie or Cab Calloway or the Nicholas Brothers dancing, you know. But this is one white jazz club. <laughs> I just thought it needed to be said. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring down the room. It was just one white uh, mascot, people. Hey, if we can tell the truth about mascots, I think we can tell the truth about truth. Did I slam the brakes on this? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Again, I really do like this episode. It just did it. It's like the brakes have been slammed. The car stalled. I've turned the key as much as I can. There's a killer coming. Um, <laughs> we found out we've just ran over Meg Plant. Um, All right. So, Maddie, I- I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. She does very good lip syncing, 40 style my like miming like her acting as she's singing because she's i know she sang it for real but she's but she's not gonna sing it on set yeah, yeah. she's lip syncing on set like right. a lot of her like subtle movements felt really strong like really good choices yeah. like i thought she did a both, really both good times. job this is a really good sybil shepherd episode it was and i think she, this was probably the most fun she had i mean we can't make an assumption but it's a Visibly, it seemed to be the most fun she had. She got a lot to do, a lot more yeah. to do than to react, which is usually her character's role. Well, because she wanted that starlet feel for the show overall. Yeah. And so to get to be the starlet for real and not just metaphorically or whatever, she it, it was point. probably very fun. Yeah, and she got to and she got to do two different ways. In yeah. her dream, she's more the Maddie that Maddie sees, and uh, she thinks Blue Moon in uh, David's version. So Maddie's version, she's wearing all white. In David's version, she's yep. wearing all black and vest. Absolutely, yeah. Completely different song. I would say David's version of her performances have a much higher budget. <laughs> I mean, there's a rotating, the, the entire stage is like on a Lazy Susan. They've got a bigger production. David gets a, David's playing the trumpet player who has a romance with the singer. Pretty David well. David gets a long solo applause yeah. for the solo it's a very <laughs> david dream it's a very large <laughs> yeah. someone who's from the movie large dream yeah he, he he does pretty good with his trumpet mimicry also it's pretty it, good it's funny because in his version when he's playing the trumpet then he plays the the saxophone then he was a clarinet the, the drums the <laughs> it was so perfect that was yeah. so it was again like you said the 10 year old it was such a 10 year old thing yeah. because when you're a little kid and you imagine being in a band you'd switch when you want to be i'm the lead singer but i also have the guitar solo but i'm also it was yeah. very much in that line now the husband who's played 
by in the present day the one who's trying to sell the theater not the one who gives up everything the one who tells the story of it he plays the husband jerry and as we all know from rick and morty if you're if your name's jerry you're not going to be the hero of the story it's just not going to work for you oh. <laughs> but jerry is the clarinet player mm-hmm. and clarinet is often shorthand for not the sexy one yeah because okay, there is a hierarchy of musical instrument male sexiness according to movies and TVs. I stress yeah. again, according yeah. to movies and TVs, yeah. not fact. At so the top. At the top. At the top, it's the saxophone from yeah. Lost Boys. <laughs> there you go. Right at the it's, top. Yeah, right at the top. It's saxophone and trumpet player. You're getting laid. You are. Even if you're not trying to, you are not going to get home without getting laid somewhere between A and B. It's just going to happen. Slightly under that is upright bass. We're talking about big band here. Upright mm-hmm. bass, which you're just too freaking cool. You may get laid, you may not get laid. You're not gonna care. And the fact that you're not gonna care means you're gonna get laid twice. Under that is the clarinet player, which is essentially, oh, you poor virginal bastard. <laughs> and then under that is the triangle player, which is kind of shorthand for the genitals were blown off in the war. Oh. I didn't say these things. I just oh, it's written. Them. It's written down somewhere, yeah, yeah. It's written, this is... <laughs> You know, if you read Sid Field's art of screenwriting, you'll see that this, yeah, these are yeah, necessary things. You can't get upset at facts. <laughs> Listen, light, light moves at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. Polar bear hair is translucent. And the triangle player had their genitals blown off in the war. Yeah. These are facts. Just like we always say the world ends in 2040. We know this. Yeah. We know that we're not, we're not being pessimistic. These are PSAs. This might as well have been read by McGruff the Crime Dog. These are just statements to keep to your heart. McGruff the Crime Dog could probably find make fun. Because Geeky. why not have another anthropomorphized character look yeah. after an anthropomorphized character if we're assuming Meg Plant is an eggplant? I still don't get it. Well, it has Mr. to be the person inside of Meg Plant has to be the one that's missing. When you were a kid. Yeah. And I imagine, as you are now, a smart, clever individual. Okay. At no point did at any point did you think Mr. Met was this entity? Again, I if mean, you did, you're a kid. So yeah, when you're really little, yeah. But then did as you, you think like Mr. Yeah. Did you did you wonder why Mr. If Mr. Met needed Visine because he was never blinking? Yeah, I mean you gotta yeah. once you get to like David's age, <laughs> then you then you're probably ten slash thirty. Yeah, then you're yeah. probably certain that there's a person in there. I when you're the when you're like five, you probably believe it. I just like the idea that after a bar fight, David puts his tooth under his pillow and goes to sleep with a smile, knowing he's waking up with a quarter tomorrow, that he can then pre- present Maddie at the office. See, we're a little closer to paying off the IRS. Agnes comes, Agnes comes in really tired because David wouldn't fall asleep so she could slide the quarter underneath it because she also has to be the tooth fairy. Why do you keep him like this? You're not helping. <laughs> You're an enabler, Agnes. <laughs> So for the sake of this, just in case it gets a little confusing, but we're probably going to call him by their actual name. Maddie's name in the dream sequence in both is Rita. She is the club singer. Yeah. David's dream, he goes Chance, but he seems to go by Zach more than anything else. So let's call Zach. Yeah, so it's Zach. Because he had a really long name that I was going to break down, but then I decided it wasn't. I didn't break it down, but the name is Chance Cash Johnny Brick Lonesome Shane McCoy, which I imagine yeah. is David being David within his own dream. At one point, I wonder how... What would this have been like if they had flipped it? Like he was a singer and she was a trumpet player. And it's like, would we have just had like 
the special return of Bruno for like his album. It's just him doing Respect Yourself song <laughs> over and over because that was his one hit from. Do you remember when he had a hit? I do not. He had. I a, know of Bruno. Right. So he had a hit, Respect Yourself, with uh, that he performed with one of the Pointer Sisters, who, of course, the Pointer Sisters have a whole bunch of songs. But when I now think of the Pointer Sisters, I still think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, the Pinball Sesame Street countdown video. That's okay. the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> I just, I just, Kevin and I are both Gen X, but clearly at different points in the Gen X spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the one who brought it down early with my jazz club mention. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to bring it up again, Chess? Why can't we move on? I'm just saying. Uh, this is another thing. The Flamingo Club in suburbia. If you have a plastic, one single plastic flamingo on your lawn, it could signify that you're into swinging. One, I did not know that. Two, nowadays or swinging era? I think because it's now. I think it's nowadays where you'd share partners. So this is sort of like keys on on the yeah. jeans and very keys, the, the kind yeah. of the napkin, the, whatever you wear as a handkerchief. Also, I think a red simple. door. Like if your front door is red. Oh God, my mom's front door is red. <laughs> no. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Kev. Thank you. Maybe it, I just not... thought maybe she liked Elizabeth Arden cosmetic stores, but no, you got to go in on this. Thank you, Kev. <laughs> Talbots, yeah. Um, my she... mom is not Talbots, all right. <laughs> How did this become about my mom? I'm, I'm I'm falling apart here, Kev. Thank you. I don't think it meant that in '85. Like I think they just called it the Flamingo Club. Well, because flamingo was a popular name for clubs yeah. and various yeah. things. So uh, the plastic flamingo that you mentioned is. My one crime. I okay. was at Duke, and one of the uh, frat houses or something had a whole bunch of flamingos down the lawn front, and I, I took one. Oh. I still have that flamingo. His name was Floyd. Not mm -hmm. a hard reach to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And he was in my dorm for the next three years, various things. And uh, my one crime. <laughs> my one crime is... Uh... Since this is going to be a true crime podcast, <laughs> yeah, eventually, yeah. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> mine's, mine's extra sad. Not... Oh, play not play the triangle. Side. Hold on, hold on. I have an official box of tissues to hear it. Go ahead. We were in Cape May, New Jersey, Ooh, and sorry. we were in like a greeting card store. And I found a greeting card. I don't know how old I was. I want to say I was eight or nine. I found a greeting card that I thought was really funny or cute or something, and I wanted to show it to my grandmother, but my grandmother was outside on a bench waiting for us to be done in the store. So I took the card out to her to show it to her. And then she said, you can't take it out of the store. Then I remember crying as I brought it back into the store. <laughs> I'm glad to see it end with so like three guys just slamming swore, into the <laughs> Kevin, this is why you and I are friends. Because had I been in that same position, I probably would have cried until I was 11. <laughs> And so they, you know, it was a nothing, no, no charges were brought against me. <laughs> so I guess it's not an official crime, but I feel like in that moment, and I still feel I could get my, I could feel the anxiety coming just thinking about it. One of the first conversations Kevin and I had, I don't know if we've said this before. Um, I think we have. Very good. It's like, yes, we were shocked that someone would put more than 10 items on a uh, 10 or less thing. And I still am. It's how society okay. crumbles. So. Make disappears. Oh, God. I, I so need this good episode. news. Next week, I need good news. Yeah. Wait, who are we, who are we telling that to? The people at <laughs> the Zenith. Face? We're on but, to you. Fix it. 
You have one week to make it right, or two weeks to at least make it look somewhat good. Because you don't want us if you to, pay us a little more. You don't want us to sick the full power of all of our listeners and interns. Yeah, we can get everybody to hire, find everything that's necessary. Intern? Yeah, but we have alternate intern Lilo. Yeah, we have like the backup intern. She yeah. sleeps even more. <laughs> so in Maddie's version of this, yep, she. Clearly loves her husband, but there clearly isn't a lot of passion. He's a clarinet player. Now, I should say this to anyone who's going, hey, I was a clarinet player. I'm being to say this entirely on the fact that I was a clarinet player. Okay. For a few months. I was not good. And maybe that's what I'm getting it from. But I, I thought that, you know, it's, see, <laughs> then, you see, you were sexually, you were up to your neck in duets. Yeah, see how classy I made that? Um, whereas I was just sad, pathetic solos. I, uh, I, I don't understand. Nothing good comes from a clarinet. No. It, it, what's even less believable about clarinets? <laughs> I don't know how that means. Like, <laughs> I don't even buy them exist? as an instrument. You know, clarinet is just an oboe colored black. Yeah, I'm just no. saying, the truth is out. Okay, fine. <laughs> The murder weapon is the clarinet, an yes. instrument In, that would just crumble under oh, yeah. any sort of situation. There is no way you could bludgeon somebody with a clarinet. It's impossible. <laughs> you know what instrument I played better than the clarinet and legally we all had to at a certain point is the recorder. Remember the yeah. little recorder with the yeah. thing? One, I think that should be an instrument. And two, can you imagine... This 16-minute sequence of trying to bludgeon someone with a with the recorder, do it, snapping it off, getting the next one out of the green yeah. little sleeve, breaking it down again, just a whole box of them up to the side, bam! That's the clarinet is not that much hardier than a. Uh, no. I, it, it is it, impossible. Let's be honest. If we both got if we both got hit by a clarinet, we'd probably bleed and not be happy about it. Yeah, but, but we wouldn't die. Your only chance is if you like. If you put it in a giant slingshot and aimed the pointy <laughs> side at somebody's chest, that's the only way you could kill somebody with a clarinet. And it still might crumple like an accordion when it hits somebody's sternum. I do like how we're using the, the proper musical nomenclature, the pointy side. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. <laughs> what instrument do you think you could effectively kill someone with? No, oh, granted, everyone would say tuba, but I don't think you could because no, you got to wield get it. The, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Unless you're dropping it from several floors, but then again, you can kill anybody with anything. You kill someone with a coin from from yeah, drop it a high enough straight through the skull. That's the top, rumor. Uh, I don't let's know do it. Let's do a top three. <laughs> okay, top three. <laughs> top, top three bludgeable musical instruments. Yeah. You could use a saxophone. I think you can kill somebody with a saxophone because you know you take. Yeah, you got a good swing. It's yeah, pretty sturdy the, where it curves. The, the curve uh, again, gives it strength. The, yeah. Exactly. It's more of like an aluminum bet. Yeah. It's sort of like when Evil Knievel beat the hell out of his PR person and they had to pull his movie Viva Knievel. And that's why his career kind of dipped. He went, he went to prison for a while. And Viva Knievel, which I've seen through Rift Tracks, keeps talking about how he's an honorable man. He's a trustworthy man. Two months before that movie goes, he beat the crap out of someone for taking money. He was in jail for a while. The movie wasn't released. You didn't get to see Leslie Nielsen as a villain. This is the Viva Knievel story, which has a great wow. opening song. And the movie, one of Dabney Coleman's earliest appearances. 
Is it he, is the opening people. song Sharon by Joe Perry? Because that if that starts any movie, I gotta think I'm psyched. If he yells "Should have been gone" before any anything starts. Oh wait, I'm in. no wait. Isn't that Oh Cherry or Oh Sherry? Is it Sharon Sherry, or is it Oh Sherry? Sherry. Sherry. Yeah, Sherry that's Sherry. it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. Uh, you know what? Every so often, I will hear that name from my mom because my mom will mention how he's part Portuguese. Okay. But and Joe Perry, the guitarist from uh, Aerosmith. Bon Jovi, right? Aerosmith. Aerosmith yeah. Yeah. See, I, I went by, you know, because I looked at you and thought New Jersey, and I thought you're two people, two New Jersey icons that you don't care for either way. Yeah, I mean, I not don't. As pe- not I as don't people, dislike, as their songs. Yeah, I don't dislike their fans. music. I just don't yeah. seek it out. Like, it's fine yeah. if it comes on. When Kevin and I went to go see Gutenberg, the musical, the songs they kept playing for the 40 minutes we were there, every song was Billy Joel. Every single song. Now, I'm from Long Island, so legally I had to hear Billy Joel, but it was a lot of Billy Joel. Yeah. So but yeah. Okay. So let's I get thought, back to our list. I thought Billy Joel. We're gonna get back to our list in a second. Okay. I, I thought Billy Joel was getting back to his to just walking off into the distance after he finishes this MSG run. But today I saw that he's releasing a new single. Why? What is it? Something. It's it's kind of it's kind of a little unwieldy of a title. But turn the lights back on. Is that a yay New York kind of thing, or is it? Uh... I think when his last show at MSG is over, he's gonna sing "Turn the Lights Back, lights on, back on" and then do oh. another seventeen weeks or whatever. I don't know if legally he can. I think he lives there. I've had a lot of anger. And you could tell episode. because all the this episode of the about, podcast what? has been a lot of anger for me. <laughs> I'm mad at Billy Joel. You, I'm mad at Zinis. You're mad at Zinis. Uh, clarinets. The Oscars. Oh yeah. I think when we were talking, because we do it, we do a prep talk. We get ourselves yeah. excited. We scream at each other. Yeah. We pound our chest. You know, zip, you zap, gotta work up the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, that's <laughs> we we throw the invisible ball, yeah. and then we're trees. It always and then stops at Kiki. Um, Number we've two been around on the actors, list. People. Number oh, two on okay, the list. So, I think timpani drum hand sticks. I feel like timpani drumsticks can do something good. They have the. Don't they the, have like a cloth kind of thing on top? Is it or, cloth? I, I mean, thought it was still harder. solid. I thought it was solid. Yeah. <laughs> did she ever get back to us about Parasite? The listeners are waiting. What did we say about Parasite? I know we, par- we were wondering sure if Parasite, Parasite won both the uh, foreign film or international and film best and best picture. I'm I'm going to lean in. If not, it damn well should have. Fantastic film. Which you have not seen, right? No. It is a very good film. Not a cheery film, but it's a very good film. Yeah, no, but let's do that. I like that. So, okay, so are we going higher or lower? Is saxophone? I, don't know. I feel like saxophone harder? was one. Saxophone's probably one. Because you you are right. You yeah. get a good handle, a good swing. That skull is caving into the side. Yeah, you, I can yep. see that. Yeah, Tiffany one. I think you got to go like this. on the head. I'm doing the sound effect because it is a podcast. You can't see yeah. it. the wonderful gesture. It was drum rolling. I mean, I'm nailing air drum rolling. Yeah, it was air drum rolling, which. Okay, so that's number two. And what do you believe is number three? Uh, Mariah Carey's whistle note. <laughs> so you just think the blood will come out of the yeah. ears and the eyes yeah. and nose, and you just drop? Yeah. This is a good list. We've done a lot of good musical lists this time. I think we've really nailed music. Yeah, we've I mean, really shown our full understanding. If, if you're not doing a voice, which people say is an amazing instrument, that just means your parents didn't want to go chip in on an instrument. That's the that, you got cheap parents if they put you in voice lessons. Probably a guitar of some sort, but they're not in an orchestra, really, right? I guess they a guitar would can be not in. be in a. 
not a big band. I usually don't see in a big band. We're thinking yeah. big band because of 1940. So you usually wouldn't see that. I mean, what you could see occasionally is the giant gong, but that's unwieldy again. You could if slam you, you could slam somebody in the top of a piano. <laughs> you, repeatedly? Yeah, repeatedly bang the top of the piano down. That is true, but there's less of that that's the equivalent of slamming someone repeatedly into a bar counter. So it's less of a surprise after the first one. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's it's a little tougher there. And also, I'm sorry, if after the first or third or fourth time you're still getting banged by the piano, that's on you. <laughs> you're just not fighting back enough. Granted, maybe the blood loss is is causing a problem, but one thing that happened in this episode that I <laughs> let's get us back on track. Um, in David's version, Maddie is the provocateur. She's the one who's putting on all the moves. She's the one, you know, kill my husband. It's very much. Did you ever see Double Indemnity? No. Double Indemnity is a fantastic film. It's Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck. They plan to kill her husband. And Barbara Stanwyck is playing the, oh, I didn't know. It's sort of like they, they remade it a little bit into Body Heat, which is also okay. a really good film. It's one of those films that like you saw like um, Double Indemnity and The Apartment before My Three Sons. Do you remember the series My Three Sons? I mean, I know. I know. But Fred McMurray was always like the nice dad. But in the movies, yeah. he was a bastard. Okay. Full on bastard and great at it. But this is that's why David's David had a narration where Maddie didn't. David had a hard boiled kind of Fred David McMurray, deserved David the narration. That's like oh, yeah. right up. That's right up David's alley. That was everything. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. yeah. There were a couple things that like when she looks at him in David's dream and he's holding the trumpet because it's its first day and he's David's not doing a G wish like he's the innocent. He's still being David, but she's being more involved. And he's talking, and she looks at him. It's like she looks down where's where's he's like, well, you know, you're gonna keep going. Do you know how to use that? And essentially, it was as close as they were gonna get to penis yeah. reference. Yeah. You know, are we talking about the trumpet? Earlier, he says we go together. They go together like hot dogs and donuts. The sure. 1980s worked around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever they could work around. He also and, says at one point that um, his mouth gets ahead of his brain, which is. Which is a fun yeah. phrasing in that 40s style, but fit David a thousand percent. He actually gets a really good Humphrey Bogart kind of Dashiell Hammett kind of line, which is, if you stop dreaming, you're just wait, wasting eight hours, eight a, hours night. a night. And I thought, yeah, yeah. that's good. It was a that good is line, actually yeah. a good line. And it's a good line for that 1940s vibe. Yeah. There was a nice vibe to it. It was David's, David's dream also had a lot of fourth wall breaking. Which was fun. Oh god, yeah. Like, yeah. like he talked about how he likes to play trumpet by the window with the neon lights because it makes me look my best. Or yeah, <laughs> uh, when he's walking down the street and he's going through like his thoughts and there's all these neon the signs classic. going by him, like the classic, like he's passing things on the street. And he says, "When will these neon signs stop going by me?" Or whatever. Like, and even it, when it, they're sitting to the electric chair. Because as we learn, everyone yeah, yeah. the electric chair. He was like, "Well, the, it's okay because uh, I know you can't die in your dream." And it's like, "Oh no, we changed the rules." Yeah, there was a lot of. It felt almost naked gunnish at times. Yeah, which was fun. Because I did like his joke when the empty electric chair is just. He's like, "Are you sure the governor has this number?" Yeah. And then the yep. newspapers, David the Fry, and it's like the governor. Governor never called. You know. Yeah, just yeah. Like the, the newspapers, newspapers kept 
changing, like yeah. based on what he was the saying, spinning, yeah. he would get the new headline. Yeah, it was really. And even the priest turns to the camera when pulling the pose, like, kill him. Yeah. And then it's Maddie pulling the switch at the back, you know. Now they called Maddie a canary. Because she's a singer. Yeah. But also, yeah. canaries talk. That's true. Yeah. In both cases, I did wonder why they didn't go, but I had help. Because they brain him with the, uh, in both circumstances, they brain yeah. him with this with the thing so both dreams agree on the means of murder even though again yeah. these people don't exactly know what the murder was but maybe this is just showing they're in sync mm-hmm. and then they both bring him to the, the lighting catwalk above the stage put him there loosen it so the body will drop which is they're on stage they, they couldn't have anything to do with it right not thinking we can tell he didn't die from that <laughs> yeah, yeah. even 1940s forensics can pull that off yeah, yeah. Like when like, Maddie's yeah. being brought off to the car, Dave's like tough, tough, like, you know, babe, she's not going. But he also did it. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'd yell that. Yeah. Harpy. Harpy. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, you and I are friends, but if we go in on a murder and one of us gets arrested, I think we're going to go, you know, I can oh, help. I am, I am not going to handle a murder well. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, look Just at what I did. Look fumbling. what I did with that greeting card. It was, it was not good. So, yeah. So if you want a true crime involving two grown men sobbing, <laughs> full of self-doubt, not being able to dispose of the body because they know that's just wrong, even though they killed said person, and then calling the cops themselves on the phone together. Because here's the thing. I don't think you and I would turn each other in. No, we'd do it together. And there'd we'd be go a lot together. Of, there'd be a lot of, no, you go, you go, you go. You, you were the you one go. that was going to talk. You were talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were saying, and then, you know, even if we don't confess to a crime, they throw us in jail anyway, because we'd annoy the shit out of them at the precinct. You know what? We both confessed to a crime here. Both. Well, mine was actual crime. Yours is an inverted crime. But I'm saying we are going to see each other in jail. So two things. Okay. One, this episode cost two million dollars. Holy crap. That's a it's lot the most of expensive episode in the series. And I got to think it's probably one of the most expensive episodes of like the 80s. Right. I would think so because they they did not half-ass that set. No, but two million dollars. Two million dollars, and that that's so. It's not like they got paid more of the actors or anything. No, I don't think so. Yeah, or Orson Welles. Orson Welles got one point five million (laughs) dollars. Could very well be. I know how much I get for advertising Paul Masson wine. Let's see what you can do. (laughs) The thing that upset me the most in this entire episode mm-hmm. is that we see David wake up indoors. David has a phone and a bed and it was really upsetting to me. <laughs> because, because we have we, envisioned a world. We've spent a lot of time. Now, he did say she's not here when he first answers the phone. Maybe it's not his place. Maybe he broke into someone's apartment. Yeah, or, or a lady it, friend for the evening, hopefully. Exactly. You know, he... So his T-shirt... He's wearing a tank top. In bed. Yeah. And it's SBVC. Now, the yep. closest I could get to was San Ber- Bernardino that's Valley it, yeah. College. Is that what you got as I think well? it was. I think it was yeah. that. Because that's near Los Angeles. The mascot on his T-shirt, because it was the 80s, was an Indian. Right, and they, right. used to, they used to be the Indians. Okay, because I was trying to find that. But, but okay, then they changed to the Wolverines in 2000. Because they're fighting Red Dog. Yep. Go Wolverines! <laughs> that perfect sweet spot between the <laughs> 80s Wolverines and the Chris Hemsworth Wolverines. They knew it just got it. We're right they in knew. there. They <laughs> knew the they perfect did time. It. 
I think my history teacher, my AP history teacher in high school, I say the AP part because it's weird what he would focus on. He's the one who made us watch The Day After, which if you don't know, is a 1980s TV movie about uh, nuclear Armageddon. Okay. And he went to us, he said, you know, watch it, do the research, see if we could survive such a thing. I had taken the course long enough and I go, oh, I know he wants us to survive. He was very much an Ayn Rand kind of objectivism, fountainhead kind of. Uh. Who is John Galt? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I, the case of the fountainhead. No. <laughs> Boom. My toy. My toy. No. That, in case you don't know, that's the fountainhead. You don't have to read the whole fucking book, people. But <laughs> yeah. Who? That's the other but, book, right? That's Atlas Shrugged. That's Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember going like, no, we can't survive this. But I know he wants us to say it. So at an early age in high school, I realized how people join a cult because your grade depends on it. <laughs> and I wrote what he wanted. I, I was still trying to get it was 11th grade. I it was working yeah. towards it was 12th grade maybe at the time. It is college. You know, I, I mean, you were living done. in a Talbot's. <laughs> So. And Elizabeth Arden, get this right. <laughs> you know what? If I told, if my mom had overheard this topic, she would be like, <gasps> so that'd be the, because she was fashion designed. Like, she'd be yeah. like, no, listen, <laughs> if you wear Talbots, it is perfectly fine. We're not knocking it. We're, we're, we're having fun with this. And yeah. we would certainly welcome Talbots as our new sponsor. Absolutely. Should Zinis, you know what? We have to do right by us. Okay, but we have to do right by our morals. We can't stick by a restaurant that's so quickly not only oh. dismisses its appearance, but then okay. brings in a new mascot and talks about their appearance. I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm going to miss Zinis, and maybe Zinis will be back. We'll see what they can pull off in their copy last year. All this would depend on whether or not our own sponsor listens to our podcast. No, I'm, I'm fine. If you want to drop Zinis until they get their act together, that's fine. We, we might have to play this by ear. We're going to yeah. see. It's Zinis, it is your move. Kiki. What's the, who else we move. got? Kiki, who else is on the list that we've been putting off because of Zinis? Wow, Kiki went quiet there. Oh, God, that's... <laughs> All right, so Talbots. <laughs> <laughs> is there still Talbots? Kiki! <laughs> I believe there are still Talbots. That's not our way to win Talbots as our sponsorship. <laughs> Do you still exist? Still, are you like, still Good a thing? for them. Good for them. You know, it's it's like if we said... You know who our next sponsorship is going to be? Christmas Tree Shop. Yeah, then we're screwed. They just went bankrupt this this fall. Oh no! Is, is I Christmas like Christmas Tree Shop. Tree, I did too. My mom too. loves that place. Yeah, yeah same, same with my mom. It's a good mom place. Yeah. But you know what came back? Los Angeles Tribune. Yep. The paper record of moonlighting. Yeah. With all the news all the time, I did freeze it to see if there was a page count like you had done once. Yeah, yeah. No, it. they got their act together in this fake newspaper yeah. work. They. They got rid of the pages. There wasn't a date on it. It was mm -hmm. just a straight up paper. They said five cents because 1940s. Yeah. They, it said part one of three. That was mm -hmm. the most we got as far as the thing. Obviously, like all episodes, the coda ends at the office. Yep. And they are being civil and they are talking around everything. Yep. About their argument, about the sexism, about, you know, the sexist, about who would do what. But the fun part here is what they did on top of it. Yeah. They each had their own internal narration going on at yeah, the yeah. same time as they stared at one another. And we're still cursing each other out quietly, silently. Yeah. And that was neat. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, uh, it was a nice way to go. I think, again, 
I also like that they didn't solve the murder because they couldn't. That would have been yeah. weird. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a good episode. This was. Uh, this was encouraging. Let's yes. put it that way. I think that's the best way we can say this. But if there were a prop, oh right. I mean, I I have my choice, and we may have the same choice. But what would you go with? Oh, the clarinet. Yeah, busted bloody clarinet. Yeah, that yeah. only had like a ding in one of the ding. keys. That yeah. is. <laughs> You know what? Hubby Jerry, for all his faults of being too nice or being too cruel, depending on which dream you saw, he invested well in a clarinet. I, that thing's made out of Thor's hammer. What's, what's next week's episode? Next week's episode is the thrilling, exciting, Kiki's taking her sweet-ass time to get to us. My Fair episode, David. My Fair David, which, we'll see, will that be a musical? Bruce Willis wants it to be. <laughs> um, looking at the cast, it's almost recognizable names, but nothing I could. Re- Billy Drago. Hold on. Billy Drago. I think is a martial art. Oh, I've seen him in so many Rip Tracks movies. Often plays a villain. Sometimes is a martial artist in a lot of it. It's uh, very kind of almost lizard-like eyes. He was, uh, that'll be interesting. I would not have expected a Billy Drago. This is sort of like my Robert Zadar, like last week. I'm just going to have a series of actors I recognize from Rift Tracks films. Okay. Only the yeah. finest. But I think uh, feeling good. Not yeah. about our sponsor. No. Not about some of the Oscar nods, which we thought I think we were going to focus on, on more until everything yeah. went sideways with our sponsor. <laughs> and now stay tuned for your local news. Tonight on Eyewitness News, a mascot goes missing. A restaurant under investigation. What can you...